You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. LA Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of LA Street Art Gallery, James Chen of What up? What up, brother? That's her. Down two. <laughs> Here we go again. Right. We'll find out later what we're talking about with that. But uh, first of all, dude, I am totally stoked uh, and uh, a little honored to have our guest with us here today. Um, My little sister. Your little sister. Um, the uh, mixed martial arts um, and uh, wood artist. Wood shop. Wood shop artist. <laughs> Anyways, okay, let me, let me give an introduction, let me give an introduction. <coughs> Welcome, May. Thank you. Well, this is my little sister, Melissa. What did you just call her? May, 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 May means, uh, um... Little sister Little sis in, in Chinese. Chinese. So, oh. uh, so she calls me, uh, basically, Go means, like, older brother in uh, Chinese, basically. So there you go. Anyways, uh, so this Melissa is the first Adam White fight, female fighter at AKA Gym. American Kickboxing Academy, and she's also fought on the in last uh, in, on the Invicta car, Invicta uh, franchise before as an MMA fighter, man. So, you know. So I'm not afraid at all that like if I do one little thing wrong, that she's gonna like reach on the leg, the tail hair and leg lock me, or or like twist my freaking arm off. Well, I mean, she sort of has skill to do that, man. You know what I mean? But you know, as a true martial artist, you know, she's very zen, right? So. That's what you want to have her on, right? I have a very long fuse. It takes a lot to get me upset. Mm. But yeah. <laughs> so just be careful not to push too many buttons. Yeah, nick- <laughs> but come on, though. Listen to that voice. Her nickname is Little Dynamite, though. You know, you know what I mean? So it's just like, like I said, she has a long fuse, but you know, she'll, she'll, I really used to remember she's like, it's like, don't fuck with me, I'll kick your ass. <laughs> 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 like, dudes. You know? <laughs> but, the, but the voice sounds so nice, and she has a nice beautiful dress on and, and very attractive and I just I, I, I can't it's hard to see you actually trading fists and slapping leather up some side yeah. someone's head well I've definitely seen, I mean I've seen her in the cage man like you know and she's a great fighter and it's not only that it's I'm saying that it's like all her teammates and I'm not these are like world caliber fighters at her gym now we're yeah, talking I'm sorry you said where did AKA, she AKA yeah, American Kickboxing, Kickboxing Academy, Academy. Okay. that's in San Jose right yeah for those of you who don't know um, like basically some of the world's best MMA artists um, you know you got Daniel Cormier who's the current heavyweight champion and uh, light heavyweight champion to some degree if you ask me um, you got Cain Velasquez who was the former heavyweight champion uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov, mm-hmm. um, Josh Thompson. Josh Thompson. You got a, quite a few others there, and so all of a sudden, there's you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. How many other girls were there when you when you first started working out there? Zero. When I yeah, when I first got there, I was the only one for a while. There was a girl that was there before me, but she had taken some time off to go into the corporate world to see if she wanted to leave fighting and, you know, just go into a different career. Um, and then I was there probably for about two years as only girl. And then another girl came onto the team, and she's still there. Her name's Allison, um, but she's... Uh, she fights at 145, 
So okay, we're so a big, Adam, Adam we're Waite, a big those weight difference. You, those of you who don't know, Adam weight is how? What, what? Uh, Adam weight is 105, 105 pounds. Yeah. God almighty, dude. 105 pounds, looking at it right here, could just beat the shit. Well, she doesn't walk no. around at 105, though. I mean, she's no, just cut to no. 105. Right? I have to cut to 105. Um, okay, so then what do you walk around at? So I usually walk around at 115. <laughs> okay, hold on a second. I just... <laughs> you just realized what I just did, dude. <laughs> hey, why'd you ask her again? I just, wait, I just asked the girl how much she walks around weight. Like, it's like, when it comes to me, it's okay. Like, uh, when it comes to female fighters, they're used to it. They don't get offended. I think because weird, weight, weight is like a part of fighting, you know? Just, I just, no, I'm just sitting here because, like, as soon as those words rolled out of my mouth, <laughs> like, I'm looking at her and I'm thinking, you know, what else are you I don't want to kick your ass. Yeah, I don't want to. Anything that's going to cause <laughs> that probability, and what did I just do? You know, but yeah, luckily. Now, yeah. if you ask my age, that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me my age. No, but you know, I you can tell me what, how old I look. Yeah, like yeah. And, yeah. Um, well, you look like a teenager. I mean, that's, <laughs> they call me thank you. <laughs> but I, I, I kind of know. Yeah, you're, little mellow, man. I know roughly your age because I know that you and James went to school together, right? Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, well, uh, that's just not fair. That's I mean, just not fair. Hey, she looks like a teenager still. You look like you're twenty something. Yeah, yeah, you know. I Meanwhile, I look like I'm fifty. <laughs> you know, you don't look like fifty. He has tattoos. You know, she's also very sweet. She's very kind. She's very, very kind. It's just good lighting. You haven't seen me in the right lighting. It's yeah, so I mean, okay, so I'm just going to tell this story and uh, just to get it over with because it's all Well, yeah, because you told me she was your sister, right? Yeah, yeah, I and mean, she is my sister. My family knows her. I know her family so well. I mean, literally, like. Well, I thought maybe you guys had fought, like, and that's why she got into it. Oh, uh, like, to beat her ass. To beat her ass, ass when you were young. Well, like, you know, I mean, like, she, I think, you know. Um, she could probably whip my ass any day, dude. So like, you should your weight class, though, right? You don't have to worry about that, right? I, I guess I can just like. I can actually whip a lot of guys' ass that are bigger than me. <laughs> hey, one time, hey, you know what? One time, one time, she, she says that we can whip their ass. She was telling me that one time she was sparring with DC, and then like uh, he he twisted his ankle, and then it was right before a John Jones fight, and everyone was like, oh, because like oh. you know what I mean? Okay, wait a second, wait a second. Wait a second. Like, what are you doing sparring with? <laughs> now, when you say you're sparring with him, like, were you, were you guys doing some jujitsu rolling around, or were you guys... No, we were doing some striking. Sometimes he'll just call me out and be like, hey, Melissa, let's roll, or whatever. We'll do some wrestling, or um, some striking. And so that day, um, it's like, I'm on the spar, and it was towards the end of training, and... Um, most people were done already, and so it ended up being everybody watching us spar, and, um, and DC was shocked because I was throwing a bunch of kicks and punches, and I was actually getting him, and he was just like, whoa, nice. like, oh shit, <laughs> anyway, he ended, he ended up slipping, and he fell, it looked like he twisted his ankle, and, and then everybody that was watching was like, oh shoot, she just fucked him up, yeah, and I was standing, I was standing above him and I totally could have jumped on him and started ground and pounding him or something you know but I did it because I was concerned about his ankle and I, and I just froze and looked down at him I was like oh, are you okay how many people have ever looked down at David well now hold on a second let me just let's go over something here right quick okay yeah you say that he he slipped mm. right mm -hmm. I'm sorry he lost balance yeah how did that happen what caused that um, huh? 
He was sparring with you, right? Yeah, he was sparring okay. with me, and I think he, maybe he was going backwards a little bit, and he just slipped. So did you cause that? <laughs> yeah, did you yeah, cause yeah. that? Yeah. Well, kind of cause. We don't give you credit. I'll give you credit. I hope yeah, we'll take some credit. <laughs> I mean, and then it was cool because um, uh, there was media there that day, and um, after training, I was hanging out in the lobby, and um, they were going to interview him for his upcoming fight. And um, he ended up introducing me to the media crew. And he was like, hey, guys, this is Melissa Wang. You should meet her now because you're going to be interviewing her in a few years or a couple of years. And, and then he looked at me, and he was like, you're going to be world, world champ one day, right? That's what you're going for? <laughs> and I was like... I was shocked. I, uh, I was speechless for a moment. I was like, uh, yeah, that, that's the plan. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. But it, it just, you know, it was a moment that I will always remember and I always treasure, like being able to spar with him. Oh, and man. then that moment when he fell and everyone was watching, I really wish I had it on video. Honestly, um, that's, that's what I'm surprised that someone least didn't have that on video. Yeah, so people... Um, one of the coaches was trying to record it, but like you know, he wasn't expect his phone was like he was trying to take his phone out. It was just happening so fast, and then and then <laughs> uh, we were like maybe sparring for like, two minutes or th three minutes or something like that, and he finally. <laughs> That's one of those things. One of those times where like, oh my god, oh my god, I gotta film this. Yeah, yeah. The angle of it, he was too close to us to get anything except for like our heads or something. You know, you know what I mean. But so, so, unfortunately, we don't have a video of that, but I'll have it in. I'm in my mind it is a memory. <laughs> I hope if I do ever beat uh, Daniel Cormier, mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to ask him about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? It'll depend. He'll on tell you. <laughs> if I meet him when he's cutting weight, mm. I will not ask him about that. <laughs> no, I would. <laughs> you know, I, I, Actually, that may give him a laugh. Who knows? <laughs> but you might not want to talk to him at all when he's cutting away. <laughs> you know what? But it's cool because I've seen him progress, like from um, the amateur fights. Like we used to go like Indian casinos to watch Muslim fight. Basically. Mm. When did you When did you start fighting? Um, my first amateur fight was in 2013. So a while back. Yeah. Six years ago was my first amateur fight. When did you decide that you wanted to try fighting? Um, well, taekwondo, so yeah. I grew up doing Taekwondo, and um, I started when I was nine. I got to oh, wow. second degree black belt. My little brother mm. was getting um, bullied at school, and he's a few years younger than me, and so he asked my parents if we could take martial arts, and that's how my martial arts um, training started. Um, and then wrestling. in high school, I joined the wrestling team my sophomore year, and I fell in love with wrestling. Um, oh, wrestling did, is a great, great base. It is a great base. I absolutely love it. I had so much fun. Um, and All-American uh, wrestling. I was an all-American <laughs> wrestler in high school, and um, second in state, and then I placed um, sixth in at nationals back then. Um, and then I went off to school at UCSB and stopped doing any types of martial arts or sports. I, I would go to the gym and, you know, lift some weights and do cardio. And, <laughs> and <laughs> yes, I joined a sorority, got um, <laughs> met James, <Yeah. laughs> came close to James and got into the party scene for many, many years. Ah, yeah, okay, so. But so. then, 
Uh, let's just let's just tangent to tell the story. Okay. Tell the story real quick. So again, everybody's wondering like, what the hell? What do you mean you met James in college? But you're his little sis. So I'm just um, gonna spend one time. Okay, just one time. Even though it's the second time because the first time didn't record, but it's all good. <laughs> the lambda gods are bad. Yeah, just because you said that's why you stopped recording. <laughs> So anyway, so um, I was in a fraternity, um, not your regular fraternity, it's like an Asian fraternity, it's a lot more serious than like frat boy drink a beer for some reason, I don't know why it is, but you know, you know what I mean? They, 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 you don't have to explain that to me, okay? You got white Caucasians with alcohol, it's going to be a lot different situation, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, main thing that we have a, a great little program called the Lamelosis program that we actually have like a big bro mentor, like a... Um, just you know, a younger sister, basically, like you know, and it's a lifelong companionship thing, and you know, we're prime examples of how that program has been like so great to both our lives. Like, uh, uh, you know, Melissa had to actually pledge to be my little sis, you know, and uh, um, you know, and but the thing is, like, at the end of the day, like, it's just like we're so close, like we're really family nowadays. Like, you know, what I mean, like I've even. Uh, Bill how jail like she's again I don't believe that comes from you I mean I, I see her bailing you out of jail <laughs> but I, 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 I mean, she hasn't been out of jail but like you know we have helped that. each other yeah. out of sticky situations yeah, let's just say exactly. many of them I mean him especially for me <laughs> I, like I always tell him God sent him to me as my angel on earth. Like, seriously, he has oh, gotten me out got of many, many situations. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm serious. Put it, put it this way. Like, you know, that sounds weird. <laughs> no, no, I, I, you know what? Like, that's how close we are, honestly. Yeah. And it's just like, it's like, it, it, we're, we're family, you know? And she my, takes really good care of my, my family. Loves how, did, dude, how did she get arrested? Oh, uh, like I said, she's hanging out with my no good friends, man. So. Oh, okay. So that, okay. We can't go into too much detail. It wasn't. It wasn't like she did something. No, no. She, she, she was just there. She was just there. Yeah. She was yeah. just around the wrong. Yeah, and then, the wrong time. Exactly. You know what I mean? So we're not going to get into the details of the story just because. See, that's uh, believable. That I, I believe that. That's coming from her. You know, looking at at, at the, the sweet young lady she looks like right here right now that's that's totally believable <laughs> yeah so we're not gonna give him that you know, uh, but uh, I, I gotta tell you though I, I had a flash of like you know you bailing her out because she had beaten the shit out of some guy or something like that and, like <laughs> Well, that's what the audience think, man. You know, some charges or something. That's what I was arrested for. That's what I'm on. Audience, just a killer, man. Just a killer, you know. But no, anyways. Long story. Dude, I totally understand because I mean, well, you said you guys went through some kind of pledge ship or something like that. It's a really funny story I got to tell right here. Okay, so basically. And I'm going to reveal all the secrets to my non-existent fraternity anymore. Um, <laughs> my fraternity basically turned into a gang, okay? <laughs> yeah, and then they, we had to shut it no down. No kidding. No kidding, yeah, seriously. But anyways... Um, <laughs> Man! Okay. That's what I'm saying, it's like more serious than like... Uh, you know, a lot of the fraternities for some reason. But like, well, then, it's like... Uh, you know, when, when, when I got, when, when I crossed my fraternity and then like three years later I thought about it, I was like, yeah, this is, this is the only tattoo I have on my body because I suffered so much. <laughs> <laughs> he earned it. He right, so had what, to what, earn it. What's the story what, with the pledge week? What happened? Okay, so um, first time actually, like, you know, there's a bunch of girls at the house and to be honest, I was like, I'm interested in having like a little sis or whatever, right? And I was just like, okay. 
And uh, somebody was like, oh, well, Melissa wants to be your little sis. I was like, ah, well, we'll see. Oh. Just, just earn it. And, you know, she's already, like, dating one of my fraternity brothers. So, like, she was already hanging out in the house. We always thought she was a cool chick. And, you know, she's, like, one of the guys, too. So I was just like, well, okay. Like, you know what I mean? So um, I really put her through a lot of, like, effort to become my little sis. And this is why, like, we're so close, too. Because, like, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's know, a bonding experience. To earn, to earn somebody's, like, uh, mentorship or, like, big bro. And, you know, for me to have, like, a little sis for life, it's awesome. But so we have this, like, really kind of, like, touching event where you, it's called Big Bro Revealing. Okay, you know, you find out who your big bro is. So we take, you know, we have some activities and we take all the girls out to the beach, basically, right? And then uh, they all fall backwards and whoever catches you is your big bro. Blindfolded. 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 Okay. Yeah, so you don't know who's going to catch you. And then basically, so like, uh, I basically, you know, she had already been around a while. She knew I was going to be a big bro too. And then she was probably like really confident. Okay, I'm going to fall. James is going to catch me. Right? Oh, no. And then so I just let her fall like a fucking <laughs> <laughs> And everybody was laughing. Okay. Okay. Wait, so you came so I was not expecting it. <laughs> <laughs> on the what kind of sand was it? It's Santa Barbara sand, so it's not any good sand, you know. And it's oh. not the softest sand. I got to tell you. Well, that makes a big difference, right? <laughs> well, it's closer right towards the water, you know, which is wet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, the, and the whole house started laughing too because I was already close to a lot of the guys, and they just thought it was so funny. I was like, "What the hell, guys? That was not." funny and I chased after him I was like I can't believe you just did that to me are you asking me to trust you <laughs> I don't know if I should anymore <laughs> but you know what so I, I feel the same way too like Melissa's been like there for me emotionally so much as my little sister man like everybody knows like you know Mel's James little sister man dude but, I can I can totally relate I, I've, I have friends that have been more like uh, you know family to me than you know I, I don't have that much family as it is mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Um, I can totally relate well, you know we've been through a lot of trials and tribulations together man I mean we, you know put it this way like I loved music beforehand but um, I did not become uh, the musician or the DJ or the electronic producer that I am today without this girl right here because yeah because I mean I would always just if, if you ask somebody in college about James Shea oh, oh that dude that doesn't talk to anybody that smokes cigarettes and has been playing guitar all day yeah <laughs> somewhat of a hermit yeah, he's a hater. He's yeah. not the nicest person. Uh, no, no, definitely not. He's pretty standoff. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and honestly, I'll tell you right now, a lot of that has to do with me being in my fraternity because I felt like I didn't want to join this thing. I got like tricked into it. Okay, like seriously, and then. Dude, you sound like a, a stripper. Come on. Oh my god. <laughs> well, put it this way. Okay, like, it's funny that I'm talking about this because this actually, I realized later in life that this is all actually very, it's all forms of trauma. You know, I, I, yeah. thought, it, I thought it was just like, just uh, stories you tell, but I realized that half the stories are half are, are traumatic events, basically. You know what I mean? But, but you know, it's like, Again, it's like... It burned into his mind. No, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, okay, when I was in college, I was 18, I didn't really hang out with, like, that many Asian people when I was, like, um, in high school, you know? And then, like... Uh, man, it's kind of weird. Um, basically, I was like, okay... And they threw me on the Asian floor, Asian-American interest floor for some reason. So, um, I grew up in West Camino, I hang around a lot of Mexicans and, you know, things like that. So, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. I like Asian girls, so, you know what I mean? Like, this, is, this would be good. And then... They, they just were recruiting people to join the Asian fraternity, and I was like, oh, okay, cool parties. 
I'll try it out. If it's like hard, I'll quit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that was my mentality. And literally, I realized I'm like not that type of guy to just say like, "Hey, it's hard. I'm gonna quit." You know, I mean, because uh-huh. it was actually we started off with uh, 17 guys in the class. Okay, like you know, happy happy guys that are gonna go into join fraternity. And at the end, there was only six left, basically. And that's, mm. that's the standard rate I come to find out, basically. Damn. And there's no drinking during the entire. Uh, pledge ship. So just you're just curious about what the fuck you're doing now, right? Oh man. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we also train our like we, it's kind of like our cheerleaders now, our little sisters. You know, they they show up at our events. But this is all so much college shit. But um, but you know, they really earn the respect of our guys too. You know what I mean? So um, so like I said, we you know, I'm big happy family, man. And uh, but going back to what I was saying uh, about my fraternity stuff like we really build these like deep bonds man like you know what I mean and it's different from the standard animal house kind of shit that you see on TV man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, we do trust falls when it comes to James it should be called something else <laughs> exactly but you know okay so we just we, I want to talk about your recovery camp in Thailand because you just got back from Thailand right now oh and, um, you know I, went, I was telling the story okay I was telling the story on the podcast remember about our Thailand trip with Melissa right? oh yeah, yeah and she was like god you're such a pussy <laughs> He was on a business trip at that time, and he was uh, going to get on a long flight to meet us in Thailand. Um, and so I asked him what he wanted to do. He's like, I don't care. Just plan something, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll be okay with it, you know? And so he did. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, yeah, just do plan whatever you want, and we'll go and do it. And so um, he met me and my younger brother in Chiang Mai, and we decided to go on this jungle trekking adventure. I know, like, you guys talked about it on the other podcast already. But when we were when we were um, hiking through the jungles, we went on. Well, it must have been a three four hour hike through the jungles to get to this village. It was like a degree incline. He was complaining the whole time. I swear. He was like, "This is an intense hike." He was like, "Dad, what are you say one thing about that. You said you went white water rafting. Was that during that was during that hike? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I told you okay, this is the funniest shit. That's, that's a little scary dude. It was man. It was fun. He's a pussy. The rapids weren't that big, okay? You can get fall out and die really quickly. It was like I was like listening to this other podcast and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm serious. <laughs> Big. No. Well, you know, but then again, I'm very, very adventurous, so my standards are very, very healthy and in shape and everything. <laughs> for most people to get on a whitewater rafting uh, raft, um, you, you you shouldn't do it. You just really shouldn't do it, okay? Because the only the only way you should go whitewater rafting is if you can swim really good and against uh, undercurrent. And you know how to like let yourself go with the current and everything. There's certain things that you got to know to survive 
life better rapid trip. And it, it, you know, the, the, the rapids may not look that bad, but what you don't realize is that once you, if you it's flip, once you get down there, there's all kinds of caverns and caves, and you just you get stuck. The gelato isn't even that deep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a big pussy. <laughs> I'm sorry, James. I tried, but calling you out, uh, calling you out. Hey, look. Whenever someone calls you a pussy, I'm the only one that's allowed to call him that. <laughs> just kidding. Very <laughs> much. Exactly. Exactly. Without him getting pissed. Yeah, exactly. I never, I never even mattered. That's the one thing. You know, I so I take advantage of that when he's being one. <laughs> no, but honestly, it was. It was uh, if you can go back and listen to it, I think it's like. Travel recap, it's like episode 20 something, 28 or something like that. But the main thing is, the, the, the funniest part is that I totally thought we were just gonna go look at some elephants, you know? I mean, so the whole time I was just like waiting, I was like, geez, when are we gonna see the fucking elephants, man? I was like, let's go for a shuttle to the elephants. <laughs> Bicycle, I can like ride the thing carefully behind him. Is there any way I can take one of those to see the elephants? <laughs> we, we, we literally had to go to the top of the hill, stay in the village for an entire night, and then come back down, and then we saw the elephants, man. Like, oh, they <laughs> fucked with you. No, no, I'm just, Jesus, I just just didn't know what me. to expect. Yes. I thought I explained it to him. <laughs> Went through and uh, told him what we were doing, but so James, I, I think you weren't paying attention. Yeah, I, I probably wasn't paying attention. Somehow, I feel like the uh, the trust fall has been. <laughs> 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 you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I want to talk about. Oh you got I meant for it to be a fun activity. <laughs> Like, where the hell did you take me? <laughs> yeah. A fun activity for someone who is very well fit. <laughs> well, and, and courageous. Yeah. Exactly. No, the, the best part was like, there was these like, um, British kids that were like teenagers that were with us, and they were just like, damn, dude, this guy has something to say about everything this entire trip. I was just giving them commentary about why I fucking I was complaining the entire time. <laughs> 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 I was like, yeah, I have some radio program, man. I can talk forever. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> just trying to communicate to you guys. He can't talk. He's good at talking. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, I mean, I've always been a peacekeeper, right? You, you know what I mean? Like, I've always had a lot of fries. I've never really, like, I, I don't get my, my mouth doesn't get me in trouble, though. You know what I mean? It's just like. No, just the one time with the cops at the, uh, at the drum no, space. They didn't listen to me, man. <laughs> So let me ask you, as you know, we we normally talk, man, we usually talk about street art on this podcast. So I just mm-hmm. want to, you know, you're pretty much an outsider in this. You're not normally in this community, so I don't do talk about in the Of course, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But I want to ask, just like somebody, you have any questions for people? You know, people that aren't in, like, okay, All right? Yeah. You know, I, mean, I think it's a good kind of like a a Q and A for like. I've got questions. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got a lot of questions. Um, okay, so you know that there is a distinction between street art and graffiti. Do you understand the difference? Mm-mm. Does it matter to you? I'm just saying, is it like... Oh, you, 
I mean, I'd be interested to know. Sure, you can explain it to me. <laughs> no, but it's cool. That's what I'm saying. Like, so what, if you see something, um, say you see some... Street, uh, is graffiti more like tagging type, like okay. lettering or go. whatnot? Uh -huh. It's not as uh, in-depth as street art? Very good. Okay. Perfect. That's what I would assume. That's know. exactly, that's okay. exactly what, I was, uh, what I was wondering. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Then I do know. <laughs> she's, she's got the right idea. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, like, uh, when, when I first started L.A. Shore Gallery, too, like, Melissa's been in my life for so long, so, like, she's, like, you know. Oh, yeah, what did you think about when he started the, the this L.A. Street Art Gallery? I thought it was, it was really, a while back. Yes, huh? it has been a while. I thought it was really cool. I always really admire him for following his dreams and his passions. You know, whatever <laughs> I say, whatever he puts his mind to, whatever he's passionate about and actually goes for, he achieves it. And he and oh, I'm always you. really proud of him for doing that. Like this podcast and um, the street art and his music and all that. Like so. Then before that, he just goes you, and does it. Did you notice? Um, like after he started this, you started noticing uh, the graffiti and street art more. Mm, well, because I don't live. I mean, I do. There is some in NorCal, but the scene's not as big in NorCal. Oh, right, where um, do you live? I live in San Jose. Well, okay. Well, now Thailand, but um, <laughs> and I'm just visiting for a few weeks. But um, yeah, there's not as big of a scene in in the Bay Area. But I would saw a lot of what he would put up on um, his website mm -hmm. and then also started noticing more when I'm down in LA I think um, thing and there's actually really nice street art in Phuket on the buildings in yeah, Old yeah. Town Phuket there's, they're big into that in nice. downtown Phuket one day we're going to have to go interview some Thai street artists man. Like, dude that would love crazy. to no, but you know what here's the thing I felt like you know, when we started the street gallery um, it's just like a blog but I felt like you know, Melissa always introduced, like, so many friends to me, and a lot of people would be like, hey, like, I follow Ellie Stewart Gallery, hey, I know about it, so it was just, like, I felt like it was, like, cool, because although she's not directly involved, I it's was better like, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I hear from people who, you know, don't know everything, and who are coming into this with a, with a, a fresh, kind of sometimes, with yeah. a fresh mind, you exactly. know? Just as you were saying before, sometimes you get, like, so, like, pigeonholed into your own echo chamber and then you're like oh i gotta do this i gotta do that you, you're specialized in some specific form yeah but the, but the main public doesn't even understand like the difference and maybe they don't care and yeah, maybe, exactly <laughs> they, don't care. <laughs> they don't care you yeah. know what i mean and is like um recently the only people that really care are your collectors your art collectors you yeah know? they're like hey can you please try to stay consistent or something near <laughs> with it the, you know, the style that I bought, you know, that you did the years ago. Your fanboys, basically. <laughs> yeah, basically. But you know what, though? I, I, speaking of one thing, following your dreams. Talking about following your dreams, becoming a fighter, okay? Oh, like, I, I got I to gotta, I gotta put in a little bit of this, too. I started doing jiu-jitsu for a little bit, and then I was like, hey, um, I'm into doing jiu-jitsu. And then she's like, yeah, I should, I should also go to train. So she was already training at the gym that had a lot of the martial arts stuff. So, But we also just... We kept on growing together as we have a more and more interest too, you know what I mean? So she basically accomplished like the dreams of so many people they want to fight on a professional level and you know, and just so proud of you too. You know? Thank you. <laughs> I guess, I, I, guess I, I didn't get into how I, I think I stopped at, when I went to college I didn't do, I stopped doing martial arts and doing any sports, right? Yeah. You used to work out a lot at the gym. I still used to work out. But I actually didn't start MMA until I was 27. Um, I um, and the reason why I got into MMA. So you've only been in it for like. 
düşünmeniz. Thanks guys, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I decided to look for an MMA tr a gym. Maybe I was, I think 26, 26, 27. Um, I started looking for an MMA gym because I saw some females competing on Invicta and I thought it was so cool and I just was like, I am going to love that. I want to learn it, you know? Oh my God. Um, and yeah. I remember watching. Most women um, don't have that reaction. I know, right? <laughs> they see that, they're like, oh my god, these women are beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, you know? I'm, I'm, such, I'm this such a tomboy and a dude in a lot of ways. Like my my, my little it's brother. Tomboy, just tomboy, okay? Tomboy. This is a step above <laughs> I would say. Yeah, definitely. But you know what? Today his, um, you know, his fraternity bros used to call, some of them would call me his little bro. You're, you're more like James' little bro, not little sis. <laughs> well, yeah, he's a little, he's but, look like a but, little bro. So, <laughs> so then, um, yeah, I looked for a gym and started at a smaller gym in San Jose and um, was there for a couple of years. But um, actually, I won't well, get, I won't well, get no, into no, it. The coach was competing. not. Um, I started competing in 2013. Amateur, probably about six months after I started in MMA. But because I had a little you know, um, wrestling background, I you know had that, and then um, some striking as well. But I hadn't, I didn't do martial arts for about ten years when I got into MMA. But, okay, so we don't have to mention the gym name or anything like that, but I want to uh, just say that Cynthia Calvillo, she's in the UFC right now, right? Mm. Yeah. And then she used to, uh, dude, I used to hang out with them like before she was in the UFC. Yeah, like, we were, dude, we, Cynthia's we, a hottie too, man. We started I mean. at the same gym, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, we're so proud of her. She always was really just, we all knew she would make it big. We yeah, all knew it. Like, you know, we would go to, so we would go to the, uh, their fights when they were still amateurs in the camo league kind of thing, right? And then, um, no, I remember the first time I saw Cynthia fight. She would, like, she, mutilate the she, girl. She was fighting this <laughs> really, both of them were, like, really pretty girls. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that girl that she's fighting is really cute. And I was like, after I saw the ass whooping she gave her, I was like, holy shit, I feel bad for her. God, she's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> We're thinking the same thing. Yeah, so I mean it's cool to see how the fighters like literally it's like you go through the uh, the, and the amateur stuff and then boom one day when you feel like you're ready, hey it's game time man. It's pro and you're up there fucking fighting like it's a real deal now, you know what I mean? It's like but you were fighting amateur within six months of, of training. Oh, yeah, she's mm. a phenom. Yeah, she's a, all her coaches were like, she has some crazy power. Like, most chicks, I think, that can't really, like, KO, KO people, but damn, dude, if you see her hit mitts, she can definitely, like... She's got some nice form to the arms. I mean, yeah, some definitely you. muscle structure so in there. So, my coach, uh, my first coach when I went to AKA um, was... Pops and Pops is actually Coach Javier's head coach when Coach Javier was fighting. Um, coach Javier is our head coach, um, and he is really good at teaching power. That's his specialty, and so I worked with him a lot. And he um, 
gave me like taught me how to ha get a lot of power into my punches and then and he would be like you punch like a guy now <laughs> he actually would, he he was coaching until 83 years old and then he passed away oh um but he, even at 83, he was still holding mitts with four cane at times, and um, oh he, his specialty is the overhand right, and he would work on overhand right with yeah. everyone. And on my first profile, I threw that fight, that I threw that punch so many times and got a girl, like right on. Nice. <laughs> but, That's um, awesome. Yeah. And it's it's just great so. because I've seen her like just grow as a as a as a martial artist too. Yeah, you know, just like going from the first first fights, it's like very like she's not sure about. So, it. how many amateur fights did you do? Um, I did five amateur fights, huh? And then two pro fights. Yeah, a lot of times, like I said, they get these Indian casinos. Yeah, it's <laughs> like dingy places. Like, you know, I mean, oh, yeah. just one. Just one time. time. I had an Indian custody, you know. But then it's been at bars. What's his name? Kung Lee. Kung Lee used yeah. to host um, amateur shows at this one bar in, in Northern California in the city called Fremont um, at a place called Saddle Rack. And it's a... I guess you would consider like somewhere that people would go line dancing, you know, that kind of, <laughs> that kind of bar. Sure. Um, and they would just clear out all the like dance floor area and set up a cage in there. And so, um, he hosted a good number of amateur shows there and a lot of fighters who ended up in the UFC and up there, like Cynthia used to fight on that show too. Um, they fought there. Wow. You know what yeah. though? I was just telling her, I was like, there's so many fights these days that like, honestly, I can't even keep up like anymore like oh yeah no it's not just the UFC numbers anymore it's all the the fight nights and well, the I mean, UFC ESPN plus nights and back in the day I think there was like a fight a month and like maybe four fights a year or something like that like back in back in the day you know what I mean like yeah three or four fights a year yeah yeah it was easy to keep up with yeah, you know what I mean and now it's like there's some champions man like I've, I've never, I haven't seen him fight before. I'm like, shit, dude. Like, Usman is a champion now. I'm like, I don't oh, barely see this guy fight, man. You know what? I got to tell you, the uh, the welterweight division right now Nasty. is boring as shit. Holy shit. You've got Colby Covington is like the most boring fight to watch. He talks about shit, though. Sticks his head in your crotch, grabs a hold of you, and then hits him with his little bitty arms. I think I could actually survive a fight with him. <laughs> <laughs> like, he doesn't hit hard at all. He can't even have knockout power or anything like that. Yeah. He's just, he's, all he got is, is gas. You yeah. know what I mean? He's got, he's, a just got a he's got a lot of gas. He's got a lot of gas. It's the most boring fucking fight to watch. And I have a feeling that he could end up beating, you know, Marty, the newsman. <laughs> Marty fake news. <laughs> hey, Lamar Usman, excuse me. Oh, whatever means he's going to kick I mean, my so, ass. Okay, let's talk about 170. I mean, 170's kind of a weird division. You saw Ben Askren, right? Oh, my God. Did you watch that fight? No. Oh, yeah. Dude, that guy lost. That was not a fight. Masvidal. That was not a fight. That was just a... Masvidal came out flying, flying, flying me and just... Within seconds, and instead of stepping to the side doing the old ole, El Matador, he tried to go in for a single uh, and caught it yeah. upside the head. He came into the knee. Yeah, yeah. and and just it just he it stiffened him out, you know, and and then it was it was just oh, <laughs> it, was, it was it was hard to watch, you know. So he just came out and just. Well, you know, what a way to win the fight, though. <laughs> yeah, I love it because, uh, first of all, everybody 
tries that a lot of times. Like they come out with a flying knee. Yeah, usually doesn't work. Like right, you, right. You know, not like that. <clears throat> not like that. And I love it because I was just I was catching up on my Rogan episodes, and um, I was I was listening to Masvidal before. Uh, he was fighting Aspen, right? And he was right. just like, dude, I fucking hate this guy, dude. I yeah. fucking hate everything about him. He's, he was just talking shit on him straight for an hour. Like, you know, I, like, and then at the end, he was like, dude, you're gonna see, man. If you come out and whoop someone's ass like that, it's just like, point proven, man. It's like, oh, mic man. drop. Yeah, <laughs> that was the biggest mic drop Oh my god. I love it because Ben Askins online always like talking all this like you know, he's doing his boom roasted kind of thing. I don't yeah. know. If he, yeah. I, he he makes all these like lame jokes about I mean it's just talking shit for the thing, you know what I mean? Content. And, it's good, you know. Yeah, and then afterwards everybody was excited to see like, hey, is he gonna say anything? Is he gonna say anything? And then Ben Askins tweeted, Well that sucks. He's like a chill sonnet. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. The worst thing can happen to him and he'll turn it around and, and come out of it fine. <laughs> you know? They're the the king of the with the gift of gab. You know exactly. I mean? he just has the ability to get under a guy's skin and everything. But I mean getting back to, to the fights, you know, um uh, you know, Matt Hughes. You know that that's that's a badass <coughs> fucking welterweight right there. Oh, that's a, that, was, that was the era, man. I'm mean, totally like that era. Yeah. Of and even, you know what? Even Tyrone Woodley. Like, the legends, the era of the before, legends. Before Tyrone started getting injured too much, that dude was the fucking shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, he got he's fighting having... one of my teammates next. Oh yes? yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyrone Woodley is fighting one of my teammates. Um, Duran Wynn. Okay, yeah. dude, that he guy's just, a monster, dude. Yeah. Last time he I actually was... just started MMA, like. Two years ago, I think. Oh my but God. he's a um, like Olympic um, Olympic level wrestler. He yeah, has so much. That's, so much that's another thing is that a lot of guys that are coming into the sport now are not coming in as just wrestlers or, or boxers and then getting into the mixed martial arts. They're mm-hmm. being trained from the start as mixed martial artists. Mm. You know, for all the... Jeez, that dude is big. <laughs> he's very short, but, <laughs> but he's thick. He's thick. He's only 5'5". Wow. Like you know, you know, for, for the people who are constrictor, though, they do get a hold of you, you just mm. crack something. Mm. For the people who don't really watch MMA and, like, that listen to the podcast, because I don't know how much of the art world actually, like, listen, watches UFC. It is pretty popular right now, you know what I mean? But anyways, you know, one of the things why it's connected is because Teach always does portraits of a lot of the MMA fighters. I mean, uh, you know, some people do. Rich people, some people do royalty, some people do. But <laughs> I like doing fighters. Yeah, fighters, you know what I mean? So uh, it's just yeah, quite a few of them now, man. Yeah, man. Like a few dozen of them. You, you just, saw, uh, you just uh, gave uh, uh, the stents of the Max Holloway's gym, basically, right? And post a video about that. Yeah, yeah. I was, you know, over in, in Hawaii. And so uh, he actually, um, when I uh, did that. The, the print and gave it to you the yeah. night of his, his fight yeah um, championship fight um, he actually like, got on and, and like commented yeah 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 and I was like are you kidding me <laughs> holy shit dude like this dude just won a championship and he's like getting on and, and throwing me a hundred you know what I mean yeah and so yeah, yeah. I figure you know what I've got a, all these stencils that are just laying around I know he has a kid you know, and I figure, hey, you know, maybe fun for him to, you know, play with the son and the stencil, you know, do whatever they want, whatever. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. dropped it off, and um, he just posted a little uh, story with it, messing around with it. So uh, it's awesome to see that, that uh, you know, that he got it and digs it. 
Yeah, that's cool. So let, let me ask I'll you. I'll get your artwork to Kane. Yeah, Take so a I, picture for you and send it over. I know, I'm, I'm a tweet <laughs> story with that. This, uh, I guess the guy that does his mouthpieces. Mm. Um, oh, he did mine too. Really? <laughs> okay. Unbreakable, I guess, is the. Mm. Yeah. Um, I forget the guy's name, but he got in touch with me about doing, um, you know, uh, an image to go of, of, of Kane to go in his mouthpiece. And so I, you know, I cut the stencil and everything, and um, he liked the, the design and everything, but he thought that I was going to be able to, like, you know, print it on the actual mouthpiece. And what I did was actually shrink it down and cut it out. Oh. And, you know, I, I still could have placed it on there, and then, like, you know, the, the heat part that goes on for the final resin or whatever, I think he was afraid would have messed it up. So he didn't want to take any chances, which I totally understand. He's got to get that, you know, mouth to Kane for his, his fight that week. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he decided not to do it. So that's why I have the stencil oh, of, of Kane. Okay. And, uh, so, I, you know, I, you said he it's has... It's a great uh, stencil. He has uh, children. So, you know, anytime <clears throat> someone I've done a stencil of has children, you know, I offered to uh, give it to them if like to play with, with their children or whatever. So, so let me ask you, actually... That's awesome. I'm sure he will. That's awesome, man. Yeah. He's going to appreciate that. Sure. So Kane is one of the nicest guys on the team, I swear. He's very... He, he's, he's, he's like he's the a, biggest, baddest He's a badass, yeah. but he's actually... He's very calm and very... In some way, soft spoken, and he's a gentle um, giant. He's a gentle giant. He's a man. Wow. Uh, I think usually of fewer words. So DC is just as loud as he is on TV. He is mm. all the time, <laughs> like you know, loud in the gym. But seeing Kane but the, is uh, a very nice person. Yeah. I look forward to seeing him doing the professor wrestling. Oh, I love yeah. his outfit. You know, mm. the mask and everything. Mm -hmm. They had that, that at the gym the other day. Yeah, <laughs> I was walking around sure. with it. <laughs> is this going to be like the Kane, the Undertaker's brother, or you know, no? Do you know anything about that? I don't know. Oh, all I know is I, I know that he's going into the, the professional wrestling. Okay. I saw um, this so video with him. Do you, do you watch wrestling? We were just talking about this yesterday. Like, I don't personally watch it. I'm just wondering. I did. I did when I was younger. Like, um, and that's you know. Where was, was that? Was that the Ultimate Warrior era kind of? Literally. Yeah. I don't know, dude. When I was watching wrestling this was like yeah, southeastern yeah. wrestling because i was in florida okay and you had guys like wildfire tommy rich rick martell mr wrestling uh mr wrestling number two uh nature boy rick flair, rick flair I was gonna say, yeah. um you know hulk hogan yeah there it is <laughs> love that yeah, mask on him it's awesome oh wow it's like a new um, mask basically mm -hmm. oh, cool. and you know andre the giant had just come out yeah, and yeah i watched yeah. andre's first match on tv dude you know, oh, crazy. Um, and so that's that's kind of the era where I started watching. And at first, you know, I thought they were honestly beating the hell out of each other and, and angry with each other and having these fights and stuff like that. Did you feel like it was more like realistic back in the day, or was it always no. No, okay. no, 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 no way. Today, dude, if you look at like I took my son to see uh, the WWF um, at uh, Staples Center. Yeah, and dude, it's like it's I cannot. Like, but they put their bodies through. Yeah. Um, and I actually have a little bit of a beef with Vince McMahon. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, because he's not taking care of these guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, what happened to the the, <laughs> the stencil? Oh, I've still got it, dude. I'm still. I've got another spot that I just put it up. I'll be posting that soon. I wonder a how pig. often injuries happen from those like oh, working no, on yeah. working on those stunts. You know, they do some pretty crazy stuff. You yeah, know? I mean, no, I mean definitely. You know what? You know what? Top like of a cage. Yeah, falling onto a table that breaks in half. Mm. 
I mean, I mean, I like to put it as like you know. That's harder on your body. That's harder on your body than uh, MMA training. I was just yeah. gonna say that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, he, and he doesn't. And he makes so much money. He makes so much money, and he won't kick it back to the professional wrestlers. And so I did a stencil of him with a pig nose. Um, <laughs> I want to see this. And, and you know, I've, I've been spraying that up in places that have pigs. You know, and I just found a, a spot. It's actually excellent. Um, it's on Topanga Canyon. Is it right next to WWE office or something like that? Yeah, I did one there too. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, oh, there he is with his kids. Yeah. Uh, he wants to show me a picture of uh, of Kane, Kane with his kids. kids. But um, oh, how funny! Oh my god, <laughs> that's good. Great. <laughs> I, I actually wow. found a good a, job uh, on that. I found a flying pig on Topanga Canyon. Mm-hmm. It's up on a big pole. But, um, you know, and so I, I did a piece next to that. I'll be posting that up soon. But, yeah, dude, I'm not going to let up on this guy until he starts taking care of the wrestlers, man. And I, I feel like um, I wanted to do this because, you know, I enjoyed watching these guys when I was young. You yeah. know, they entertained me when I was young, and now their their bodies are, are gone to hell and everything, and no one's taking care of them. So I at least want to try mm-hmm. to do some street art to do what I can to support them. I went to awareness. I went to one um, just I don't know we had a dish day at work, and uh, we just went to watch wrestling, and, <laughs> and then and then like uh, you know what it reminded me of, man? Have you, did you watch Medieval Times? Did you go to Medieval Times before? Or? I haven't been there, but I saw it on the cable guy. But, like, but you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a like a it's a show it's a show you know it's a pirate version right you know and there's a pirate show. it's like a wrestling version of that basically it's like you have you have your you know your cheering it's like every, you know it's like it's like a cabaret kind of like in a sense but yeah. in a huge yeah. in a huge scale and you know it's weird because when you're watching on TV you don't get that vibe you you kind of feel like these guys are like wrestling you know what I mean oh, like, absolutely. You know what I mean? But to, to watch the 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 choreography yeah on TV is completely different than seeing it live. Hey, and you know what? The uh, the crowd work too, man. I gotta respect these guys because you know what? At the end of the day, if you can, oh, you're a showman. You've got to be a showman. Dude, the Rock, man. I mean, shit, dude. You know when the Rock came? Okay, so the only time I really watched uh, when I was a kid, um, and uh, uh, also I lived in Malaysia for a little bit, so there was very little English programming during that period of time. So uh, the one of the things that we watched was wrestling because, and this was the era. It was like the Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, these are like legendary, famous. Outside of wrestling too, right? Mm-hmm. But even about the Rock was just like he was a bad guy at the beginning. Like you know, yeah. I mean, everybody like hated him, but he managed to turn that attention to dude. Everybody loves the fucking Rock now, right? It's Absolutely. like that guy can run for president, and for sure, contender. You know what's funny? Donald Trump was on wrestling, dude. I know. You know, I mean, he was yeah, like, I know. And he, he had this thing with Vince McMahon, and then like they each had their like fighter representing him. <laughs> and like Stone Cold, like was the was the ref. Or I just recapped this the other day. That's why it's so fresh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't watch wrestling. I don't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's just, I, I was amazed, man. But it's like, dude, a guy with a microphone. It's like, dude, if you want to hold that whole audience. It's not easy. No, I'm like, no, dude. You, you know, you gotta be a, a fucking showman. I've done some microphone work in front of people when I was a, a scout from Model Search Company, and you gotta. It's not easy, man. It, it, you, you, if you're not absolutely positively sure of what the fuck you're doing, you show some kind of you know nervousness or whatever that they pick up on that shit, and all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, we're feeling sorry for him because he's not funny or he's not holding their attention or everything. You know, we laugh at stupid, silly things. It's not really that funny, and then it all becomes shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it's definitely I mean, a skill. 
well because um, I remember um, some announcers at various shows, yeah, amateur yeah, yeah, yeah. shows. You know, I had my favorite announcer. He was amazing. He was like, one of the favorites around um, at the Bay Area amateur fights, and he could keep the um, the crowd engaged. And he was really good at it. Just well, you know, like, the energy. And then, the, and then, and then one time I went to a different show, and there was someone else like, oh man, this this really makes a difference. It makes the oh, show, absolutely. the whole show, feel more boring. Yeah, seems like today with, with the UFC fighters, you've got to be your own promoter. You've got to be almost like a WWF yeah, wrestler somewhat. To, fighters you have to have, to have followers on Instagram. You, yeah. That's it. you got to be your They're own brand. brand. Yeah. Well, you know, for these, for these announcer guys, they have their own brand too because like, you know, Bruce Buffer, his Oh, yeah. It's time, right? That's the thing, right? It's like, uh, I, went, I went to the amateur fights, right? And then, like, they had, oh, they, they can't see it's time, man. It's coin, oh. man. You know what I mean? So, I get in trouble for that. I remember I said, it's time to see fist fly. Because, <laughs> 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 like, they, they all have their own, like, you know, because Michael Buffer, his brother, is, let's get ready to rumble. Right? And, you know, yeah, yeah. Say that. can't say that. Yeah. Let's get ready to rumble. It's time. Those are taken. <laughs> yeah, you got to figure out your own, man. You, you know, I mean, so I, I just think it's, it's all about branding, man. It's all about branding. You know, even if you're just an, even if you're an announcer guy, man. So that's what it is, man. But I just, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that that you know the UFC fighters or the, the MMA fighters should, you know, be responsible for that, though. You know, what I mean, I think that the league like, should, should supply you. them some kind of help. Well, as an artist, I mean, like you got to be your own fucking marketing that's machine. Different, dude, that's different. I'm not fucking fighting someone. You know what I mean? I'm creating artwork. You're fighting yourself, man. That's true. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? Like on a physical something that, that takes its toll on my body or something like that. Right, you know what yeah. I mean? I just I feel like the um, you know being a WWE star, it's expected. You're yeah. expected to be a showman. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, part of the yeah. fucking deal. Okay. Yeah. To be a mixed martial artist fighter is already hard enough. And that, that's what I've always had an issue with is uh, working on my media. social yeah, media. Yeah, you know, like I, I started MMA because I was passionate about the sport and doing MMA. But then, um, over time, as I became pro, pressure was put on me to work on my social media, and I, I don't want to be stuck in this virtual world. You know, I, um. Uh, my one of my coaches, he'd be like, you need to go on there and post more and post like, See, you know, like sexy okay, photos of you? yourself. And then he would be that. like, you oh, check, check, check out this hey, 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 photo. Hey, 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 you put that on now. Come on, man. Come on, man. Now, but, but I, but I didn't I'm like that pressure that additional pressure you know it took the joy part of the yeah. joy away from my sport and doing it um, and I just felt I mean I understand that the big shows want you it's all about money. The big shows sure. want you. If you have more followers, if you have more followers on your social media, that means more people will be watching you and paying to watch you. Exactly. Um, but how hard would it be, seriously, for them to get someone, you know, some fucking lackey, some snowflake, or some, you know, someone who knows a lot about how to do all this shit on social media, who knows all the fucking hashtags and doing everything, to just do posts for you? Yeah. How I hard, think seriously? Some, I think some athletes do have people just doing it for them. Just well, send them pictures. On, and then they if you're going to be under contract mm -hmm. with, you know, Invicta, with UFC, with whoever, okay, if you got a fucking that you're under contract for, come on. 
You know what I mean? That's well, how yeah, fucking happened, easy dude. to do but, that. Yeah, Can you not get your daughter true. who's sitting over there in the corner downloading porn or do some... <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know where that is. <laughs> There's someone who definitely can, to take, can take care of that for you. And I guarantee yeah. you there would probably be a little bit different standings That's, in how the fights work out. You know what? One thing that um, I really noticed is like it would stress her out so much because like... Um, you know, it's just. Dude, you're not them. supposed to be. You didn't sign up to be a journalist yeah. and a fucking yeah. entertainer. You're fighting. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? What part of fighting does this mean? You gotta, you gotta entertain. The shitty thing is, it becomes a contest. Like it becomes yeah. like, hey, like, oh, yeah. are you on my level? Like, do you have enough followers for me to fucking? And talk then to also, you? people like, start valuing themselves based off how many people are liking them, especially the younger generation right now. You know, we were just talking about this other the yeah. other day too, but it's just, it's just so sad, you know. For me, I now um, I don't I've never spent too much time on social media um, I enjoy being in the moment with who I'm with you know like um, yes. who I'm hanging out with and um, enjoying the relationships that I'm building not the relationships I'm building on in on my phone in a virtual <laughs> world you know but then nowadays I feel like young kids junior high high school kids um, that have so, well, most of them probably have social media they like base each other's value on how many people how many oh, followers yeah. they have and then some sure some kids are like oh you don't have enough followers to be my friend you're not cool enough you know oh, it, it's God. just like it's just so sad I am so glad I'm not growing up right now yeah me yeah too. TikTok the internet was gonna be a fad <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm fucking 50 years old, you know what I mean? Like I was, I was going to art school in uh, 1987. Okay, I was already, I'd already uh, graduated high school. Okay, uh -huh. in 1987, uh -huh. off to art school, and actually, some of the courses they were teaching were uh, on the internet. You know, teaching uh, how to get on the internet, doing design with computers and stuff. <laughs> And I was just like, this is just too sick. What happened was I did flow charts in, um, I guess it was high school or junior high. One of them doesn't fucking matter. We did flow charts. Okay, like if that, then this. If yes, then no. Like, and so I was like, oh my God, dude. There's no way this is going to go over well. Because if people have to study doing those flow charts, no one's going to want to do that shit. Well, they didn't have to, okay? You know, they just, they skipped over that, and then, like, the new stuff comes in. They don't have to learn all this technical bullshit. You know, you just learn the programs, you're typing, whatever, and then, you know, the internet, it was like, you can't even see it. What the fuck is this shit? All right. Well, also, okay, one more thing, too. You're, you're pretty preoccupied. One thing that you don't know about Teach, he's an athlete, too, and he used to be a uh, beach volleyball uh yeah, I, I played two-man beach volleyball for... Uh, I played in some of the qualifiers for the uh, the professional tournaments. Nice. Um, got my ass handed to me almost every single fucking time. Uh, luckily, though... I bet you're exaggerating. <laughs> not really. Um, but I say luckily because um, the amount of damage that it did to my body playing for 25 years, um, I, I didn't know about that. You know, my dad wasn't um, a sportsman. You know, my dad was a killer. <laughs> um a Christian killer, but um, you know he didn't. He wasn't into sports or anything, so he didn't. He was an engineer for weapons, yeah. basically. Just, uh, just, just explain that. Okay. Yeah. Engineer for weapons. Okay. I'm technical. You know what I mean? If you're making part of the, if you're part of the machine, making the machine that kills thousands, you're you're part of it. You know what I mean? But um, you know, uh, I just lost my train of thought about but, injuries. Ah, so <clears throat> my dad was not uh, an athlete. Mm. And so he didn't tell me anything about what's going to happen to my body if I beat the hell out of it. Mm. 
And so luckily, though, I was after watching shows about old football players and, and stuntmen and stuff like that, I was like, oh, man, this looks like it may, you know, long-term effect long or yeah. something like that. And so luckily, by the time I made the decision to not go further with how much effort I was putting into volleyball, like trying mm -hmm. to become pro, mm -hmm. um, luckily I was smart enough and calculated enough to realize that if I was going to get good enough to make it into the main draw and place, the amount of impact. physical exercise yeah. impact it would be on my body mm. would not be worth it. Yeah. Even in I'm getting to that point right now. I feel aches and pains in my joints. Well, you know that, what? You know, I, I well, you know, know that was like caused from all the impact of fighting yeah. for years. And it sounds like what you're doing is a perfect thing, though. Yes. Let's talk a little That's bit about that. Yeah, let's talk a little bit. I want to talk about two things. Let's talk about recovery, and also I want to get your opinion on CTE and like fighting and stuff like that, just because it's like, uh, and it's also on topic with the recovery. You know, I mean, you said you started to feel like some like body breakdown me yeah um, because uh, I was overtraining and not not realizing that in some way I was I, in some ways I didn't realize I was overtraining I was just sore every day and I thought that was normal you know nobody told me either like I should not feel that way every day soreness um, and I wasn't spending enough time recovering in between trainings I was just be training every day hard training hard training hard training and breaking my body down sparring all the time and um it got to a point last year where my entire body was just hurting every day and i thought that i had some there must be something wrong with me like a muscular degenerative disorder or something i came up with it <laughs> I was like i must have some kind of degenerative disorder or something like that but it was just that i was over training so i completely took a break um and when i completely took a break i was super i was very very lean at that time and uh, i mean i had an eight pack and Oh my God! Yeah, super lean. But when I took a break and just stopped training MMA, um, just let my body rest. I, my body bulked up quickly just by hanging out and eating and whatnot. But bulked up in a way where it was muscle, you know, like because um, I was not allowing my muscles to rebuild after hard training sessions. Mm -hmm. It was I was just so lean I didn't I didn't know any better for a, oh a long time. God. And so I bolted up and and, uh, and uh, when I stopped training and just took a break and everyone's like, "Dude, have you been weightlifting?" <laughs> No, I've pretty much been doing nothing, like, you know, walking around here and there sometimes, but I completely, really just took a break from everything, like, oh my God. weightlifting or whatnot, and, and I bulked up. I was, it makes I sense, was, like, I was, Scientifically, I had been it makes sense. weightlifting. <laughs> I got thick, you know, um, but muscular thick. That's um, good. So I think a lot of athletes don't know the importance of spending time recovering and, um, a lot of professional athletes they overtrain. There's a fine line between training hard and overtraining, and a lot of times we get so obsessed that we go past that line, oh, yeah. and then we're not training as efficiently, and then we're just breaking our body down. And um, and so um, at this point, I in my fight career I went out to Thailand for uh, originally I said I'll go out there for three months and um, try uh, training at this gym called Tiger Muay Thai um, 
it's a oh, that's world, very uh, famous. Yeah, world world famous. renowned gym and they have several female fighters around my size um, that are on the team there that's why I decided to go train there because at AKA I it was just all guys I was training with all guys all the time and it really broke, it really broke my body down the yeah. next um, heav- lightest guy above me is still 20 pounds heavier than me you know <laughs> Um, at least on the pro MMA team, and so um, she's like when, fighting kids. <laughs> yeah, when, <laughs> when my body was broken down like that last year, I was just like, I got to make a change in my training. That's when I learned I need to train smarter, not harder. You know, and I need to find the right training partners for myself. Even though like there's so much pride coming from being a member of the aka pro like mma team there's so, there's a lot of pride it's such a big name you know yeah. um it, from coming from there but then i realized it's, it's not the best gym fitted for me because of my size and my weight class and um so uh, after taking a break i i still wasn't sure if i'm going to continue competing but i was like okay i'm gonna you know i finished up this work project and um decided I'll go to Thailand for three months and see if I wanted to continue training. Went out to Tiger Muay Thai and trained with them for um, a little while. And um, great team, great coaches. I love um, great people, good energy out there. Um, But something was missing. I I don't know what it was. I lost something in me, the drive to compete, the drive to... want to put that pressure on myself anymore because I can be a bit of like a perfectionist and every single aspect has to be right before I fight and you know and like the the pressure of needing to build up my social media and all that I was not enjoying uh, MMA anymore Mm -hmm. and I think that a lot of it had to do with those outside pressures Um, and I was not so focused on just enjoying the sport and now like after um, I decided I'm not. I'm not going to compete anymore. And when I do go train, I enjoy it so much more. I'm enjoying it now. The pressure's off. And the pressure's off, and I enjoy it. Um, like I was sparring at AK the other day. Um, I just got back from Thailand, and I went in to see the team, see my coaches, and I was sparring um, Friday, and just having a great time with it, um, and doing good too. You know, like she was like, "Damn, you guys, you still got it." <laughs> well, but, you've been but, over in Thailand. You're training yeah. with Tiger Muay Thai. That's gonna be. Yeah, that's yeah. gonna get you better. <laughs> but um, so the thing that came out of my trip is that um, I love Thailand. I figured out I love Thailand, but if I'm not going to continue competing and actually be on the Tiger Muay Thai team to as a competitor, then what, how am I going to stay out there after I just come home? You know, and I have a job lined up for me at home, but just something like my my heart calls to Thailand and this opportunity came up um, to open a recovery center on the street where Tiger Muay Thai is um, the street um, all the fighters call it the soy and um, the soy means the street but it's 1.6 kilometers long and on that street there are about 15 gyms 1.6 kilometers so it's a street uh, not directly on the street but there's also some a few small streets along the uh the way and there there's um various gyms on but 15 gyms and um muay thai mma fitness crossfit gyms um is there anywhere other else in the world that is like that no i don't think so not that i know of and i think it's such a 
magical special place a haven for fighters and um, people who are into fitness um, and a lot of people end up visiting and they want to stay they end up moving out there right. a lot of people who go there once they want to come back and they come back every year and mm. it's a very special place and so um so I ended up meeting out someone out there. He's an Australian guy named Michael, and he is also very into fitness, personal trainer in Australia. He, um, sorry, my story is a little bit long. No, it's called a podcast. We've already gone well over our No, it's totally cool. Yeah. What was your business partner, Mike? So Michael, he's uh, from Australia, and he originally went to Thailand on vacation for 10 days. That was his plan. And he ended up staying for seven months. Maybe it's more like eight months now. Damn. Anyways, I met him while I, we were, while I was out there and um, kind of just feeling a bit lost, like a sense of almost a loss of my identity because so, so many years were spent as a fighter, you know? But um, I feel like it was a God thing that we met and um, he had this idea to start a recovery center with um, recovery boots. Uh, do you guys know what recovery boots are? Boots? Some compression boots, recovery compression boots. Oh yeah, yeah. So, for you so you can take a look. So, um, so there are these space-like looking suits mm-hmm. um, that you put on your legs. They also have ones for your arms and your hips, but um, most people use the leg ones. It's connected to an air pump, and the um, air will be pumped into the spacesuits, and a certain amount of pressure will compress against your leg muscles, mm-hmm. hold, and then release, and um, it's a nice. dynamic compression, yes. so that will that helps your blood flow, mm-hmm. um, it uh, reduces inflammation, it, it um, drains lim- um, lymphatic uh, waste, and um, so it has a lot of benefits to it, um, so that's that's what he wanted to bring there, right? And I was like, that is a great idea. Yeah. Um, that technology is not there yet. And um, so, and, it, and it's so helpful. I've used them before. A lot of NBA players use them. NFL players use them. Um, I think they were the, more the first athletes to use them. Runners use them. And now some um, um, MMA fighters as well are getting into using them. Um, so... Yeah, so we're going to bring that out there as well as um, some additional services, um, cupping therapy, um, electrotherapy, Mm. um, and then trigger point massage. So just on that street. Wow. Yeah, so so I'm really excited. And I got a a spot. I want to go. Yeah, you should. You should come visit. We're going. And uh, our our, our, our storefront is right on on the street. Oh, God, here he goes complaining already. He hates Thailand. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that he just hasn't had the same experiences that I have had out there. Like, he's gone with the wrong people. And then I got to say, I guess when I planned our little excursion in Chiang Mai, it wasn't the type of thing that he would usually want to do. so you have to come try Phuket, where the soy is. <laughs> I want to hang out in dingy bars and drink beers and be a degenerate. I was joking. There are, there are dingy bars around the area you can yeah, hang she, out she's at. She's going to give me a gig. Right? I, I, was, I was joking. I'm just like... Uh, 
she she basically met all her like bad friends through like me. <laughs> I, I have no doubts about Degenerates, that. Degenerates, that's how I was saying. Yeah. You know, people that like the party, so I'm just yeah. like, like, the athlete world is like. But get this, I was actually the one that got him into party. <laughs> he basically finished his story. The reason why he got into the oh, music yeah. and yeah. DJing and all that is because I brought him to his first rave. Yeah. Like, oh. it, how, what year was, was that? Like, Must have been 2000. I was like 21. 2004. Well. I, okay, I had been to some, I had been to some other like just like non whatever before, but to be honest, it's like it's I like, didn't diver- immerse myself like hundred percent. I was going through some life changes at the time, and uh, Melissa was like uh, very there for me in college, you know, college angst or whatever. And, and I then, gave him his first bill. <laughs> Before I was a very classic rock, traditional, uh, you know, a little bit hip hop, you know, but even DJ a little bit, but mainly hip hop. But after that, it was just no turning back, man. It was just uh, changed my life, man. So, and uh, um, but you know what? I, I don't know. I don't, there might be some people that we know listening to this, and I don't want to divulge too much. <laughs> Okay, we'll listen to other debauchery stories that's, about me. That's how he got into that's, <laughs> that's how he got into this type of music though. Yeah, yeah, no exactly. The, uh, you know, just I tread lightly until uh, that one event basically and literally changed my life, man. So it, And for the better yeah, too. No, I, was, I was I was you know, I felt like I was going to You through, found passion. Yeah, and also I'm just nice to people, though, too. Yeah, <laughs> a lot nicer. <laughs> I knew the pre the <laughs> James before. The priest owner James. <laughs> I knew the priest owner James. Yes, yeah, so it's a big I've, difference. As long as I've known James, he's always been very, very friendly and mm-hmm. very nice. Um, and one thing that I've noticed that's uh, similar to me is that, um, you know, we uh, we try to do projects here and there, you know, and when people help us out and keep the word and do good efforts and stuff like that, we keep them in our circles. Mm. Our circles are very small. <laughs> Both his and mine. Tiny, tiny, tiny. That's all you need. So there's just not very the many tiniest. people that, that, like, follow through and, and, mm. and do things all the way to their to their finish. That's true. And uh, you know, it's it's nice to have someone like that around. Oh, Find someone you. reliable. So. Exactly. I mean, you know, but someone you can count on. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, guys. I mean, you know what? So okay, we had a lot of good feelings. I want to talk about one more thing. I've actually never really like talked to you about this, but are you concerned about like the damage you've taken during fighting and training, like the long term effects? Um, oh, like CTE, yeah, CTE, and kind of stuff like that, like. You know, do, is this something that people who want to get into fighting should be concerned about, in your opinion? Like, have you seen, you know what I mean, like, because you're trying top-level guys, you, you know what I mean? Have you seen any decay in their, like, mental, like, ability or, like, any... Maybe it's no. I'm just saying. I'm wondering. Yeah, I have a really bad memory, and I'm not <laughs> sure if that has anything to do with fighting or it's just, just genetics or, or yeah, or other or other reasons. So yeah, um, there is. Uh, but um, it's not something that concerned me mm-hmm. in particular because, but. For heavier fighters that are taking more impact, yeah. I think that is something that is mm. could be more of a concern. I do know personally some fighters who have taken so much brain damage that they're 
speech is slower now and they think slower just too many concussions you yeah, know? So, yeah, yeah um yeah that's definitely a risk that you take for um something it's that you love you know? yeah. it's uh, any any sport i mean rugby is even worse i think oh with the head worst, damage and stuff right? in my opinion uh, the worst australian rules football Oh my God! Wait, is that soccer? The difference or? between no, the difference between rugby and Australian rules football is that rugby, you know, both teams are kind of running down the field together. You know, they're, they're hitting each other, you know, but they're only about this far apart. Yeah, yeah you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Australian rules football because of the way they punt the ball sometimes. You'll have two guys going for that same oh. ball from across the field. Oh my. And just go smack. smack. They're wearing any armor or anything? No, that's the thing. They don't wear any pads at that's all. That's just Aussies, stupidity. <laughs> at all. No pads at all. Like I, I was, I had a guy that was a hairdresser at Bumble and Bumble in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy told told me a story about one time how he was in a game and how he got in a really bad concussion. Okay. And but he got up and went on to play and score again and did great. Didn't remember any of it. Oh my God, dude! Jesus. He Christ. was told what he did the rest of the game by his other players. He was an autopilot, basically. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking scary that happens, as shit, that dude. That happens to a lot of athletes. Dude, you know what? Oh, I think at the end of the it day, it's like what happened to um, Ben Askren when he got nailed by you know <laughs> Jorge. Uh, I call him Jorge, not George, um, because I'm respectful, um, and, I, and I dig Game Kept Bread. fighting. Game Bread's a badass motherfucker, man. Like, he was fighting on, on, you know, Kimbo Slice's backyard brawls and stuff back in the day. Yeah. yeah. That dude, just some those. harsh, harsh shit. Okay. But when he landed that knee on Ben Askren, dude, Ugh. that looked like, you know, somewhere to, you know, like there's, there's got to be some brain damage is, out of that. You know what? Muay Thai is very dangerous. Yes. Elbows. I've yes. been to, when, when I was out in Thailand, I went to so many Muay Thai fights uh, because I have a lot of friends out there that are training in Muay Thai, and so I kept going to the like the uh, there's two um, stadiums in Phuket, and I've been many times. But I've seen so many people get their head cuts open, mm, wide big, open. Ga- big gashes from yeah. elbows yeah, or elbows knees. Are like blades, man. Oh man. Oh, it's yeah. terrible. It's I, and I've seen like these little ten-year-old boys get knocked out on the ground, and I'm like, I think that Oof. they're way too young yeah. to be taking that kind of brain yeah, damage. I'll, I'll that but that's son. part of their culture. That's yeah. part of their life. Like the ten-year-olds, they're knocked out lying on the floor from freaking an elbow or kick to the head yeah. or something. That's too young. That's, that's way too young. I feel man. like they they should wear. They don't even wear headgear. Jeez. The kids don't wear headgear. And then they get- Kick like trees to like to you know I mean to strengthen their yeah yeah yeah. bamboo fucking trees. Since we're on the topic, and I just want to bring it up because to raise awareness, man. Like you know, it's very it's not very often we have an MMA episode, right? So okay, did you guys hear about Russian boxer Maxim Dadashev? Yes, yes, Dadashev. Did you hear about this guy? Yeah. I mean, dude, I dude, I watched that round though. I watched the last round, okay, and watched most of the fight and everything. And granted, the dude had no chance of winning that fight, but I didn't see that much different. It wasn't what happened. Well, basically, he just he just took a beating. I mean, um, for eleven rounds, it wasn't like any significant, crazier. I've seen much worse beatings. Yeah, I think my point. Yeah, but you got to think about this, man. The thing is, like, 
it wasn't necessarily the beating, but it was very telling when his corner was trying to talk to him, and the, he they were, when uh, Buddy McGritt basically oh, right. he was yeah. like he was yeah. like trying to shut when he said, "Hey, I gotta take you off." He couldn't even really say no. Like he was yeah. just like, <laughs> "Yeah, he was you know so what I mean? battered." So, the thing is, like, it's crazy because in MMA, dude, that fight would have been over, over. long, t- long yeah. ago. It wouldn't have went to the eleventh round, man. Yeah. So it's like he didn't die in the ring, which is probably like I mean I don't think that's ever happened, but it's just like he died the next day or some shit like that yeah you know and it's like dude his like eyes and then another were, boxer died too yeah an Argentina boxer or something yeah. like that I was just reading about this I mean that's plus they've already taken so much brain damage from so many years that like it could be just the like that that one the like yeah back. exactly yeah. like I mean you know it's pop a brain a vessel in your brain because of yeah you know, it's whatever aneurysm. punch, but it's already been punched so many times there, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm very proud of you, man, because, like, you, you felt like, hey, it's not really, like, the right time for me anymore. And then it's like, if you ever want to go back, you can go back, but it's like you experience it. Sometimes, like, okay. <laughs> She's, like, feeling her body. <laughs> I know. But I'm, all, I'm always sore. I must feel it in, like, my, my shoulder. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes, like, Chuck Liddell, I mean, like, did you, did you watch that Chuck and Tito fight, that, that the most recent one, that, you know? Yeah. Oh, they, they keep on going. No, I mean, yeah, Chuck. I, honestly, man, I was like, oh, bro, like, it, it, I don't, I wanted to erase that fight from my from my memory because yeah. he was yeah. he was like a shadow, a shell of, a, of what he was, you know. What I mean, mm-hmm. totally. And like, it's just, but again, man. So, I just wanted to actually just bring it up to raise some awareness for. Yeah, it's cool to be a fighter. Yeah, it's enough absolutely. respect. But you know what? You know Here's the thing. Mean? I'm not gonna let my kid play football. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna let my kid be a fighter. I'll mm-hmm. let him do jiu-jitsu tournaments. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Totally, like with Eddie Bravo and you know these jiu-jitsu tournaments. Awesome. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Son, Like, unfortunately, my son would be very good at both football and fighting mm. because of his sensory processing disorder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He would just tune out the pain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And don't you know the co- the coaches... That's what they want. No, that's yeah. what they want. You know? It's like Tyson. They want yeah, a, they they want limit. Yeah, what a, a healthy limit is for him. Huh? Yeah, and he's got a big old head. He's got a big old forehead, so it's just made for bashing. You know, I but, tell uh, you know, luckily I'm, you know, I'm suffering from what I've, you know, done as an athlete in my life, but I'm gonna make sure. He has a cycle. Yeah, I'm gonna break this. I'm gonna make sure he knows, you know, what I didn't know when I was his age. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, you know what? I think that's a. We've gone well over now. I think we're at. I don't care, dude. We got a hot girl here. (laughs) 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 You know what? The funny thing is, like, actually, it's funny because I just, of course, Melissa can always take care of herself, you know. But I sometimes I just feel like I'm like. I gotta like step in and just say something wherever like some dude's acting a fool, you know. But I, don't, I always think that's I know, dude. I when I was giving her a compliment, you're like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I know, I'm so used to it, you know. No, but I'm all, I always just laugh as I'm always like, can you say something? It's just like I said, it's just, we, grew, I, we grew up together. And, and for dude, so, like so I long, said, I, I totally understand <laughs> calling her a little sister now. I would too. And that's coming from someone who, you know. Uh, who has met people that are, are more like family, you know, than than family that I have. So mm-hmm. yeah. totally understand that. Like you said, we choose our own family a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. So, anyways, I think that's a great way to end it. So, uh, is there anything Listen, else? Thank you so have? much. Yeah, thank you for having. What's me. your Instagram um, handle? My Instagram is little dynamite underscore ninety two. Little dynamite underscore ninety two. That's mm-hmm. that's her fire nickname. 
and uh, uh, leave us a review if you like it. You probably so you're going to be posting. Come out those. to visit in Thailand. I was just going to say yeah. that you're going to be posting stuff on there about your, you know, developing I the. I will. Eminem Recovery Lounge, right? Uh huh. Eminem Recovery Lounge in Phuket. Dude, um, we're going. I don't want to hear any of your yeah. shit. None of your. Yeah, yeah we're going, man. This is that's how they see This is what we'll do. We'll go out there. I'll DJ a party, and then we'll like uh uh we'll, we'll go out do some you know art and visit Melissa. You know what I mean? All right. We're going a nice hike. Get a tattoo out there. There's so many. Rapids. There's so many real great if, if, tattoo. If you want a monk to uh, really really ta- talented tattoo artist. Yeah. If you want a monk totally. to hammer a unsanitized needle into your fucking arm. <laughs> They're actually very clean. There's a few um, tattoo shops on the Soy Fight Street, um, and they're really well known. Great artists, um, and they're very clean. Fight Street, okay. All right, well, we'll keep you guys updated. Thank you very much. Please uh, find us on iTunes, leave us a review, uh, follow us on Instagram at PTTP Show, or just Google Paper Town Podcast. And uh, that's pretty much it. Thank you guys very much. Love you guys. Take care. Bye.